This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, welcome to Redefining Success, the show where we speak to passionate people from various fields about their careers and lives, what makes them tick and how they define success. I'm Darshan Johan. Dr. Norilmi Amelia Ismail is an aerospace engineer. She's an academic at the School of Aerospace Engineering, University of Science Malaysia, and also the founder of Space In, a company that focuses on small satellite system, high altitude platform systems, as well as space education. Last year, she was selected as the sole Malaysian to participate as a mentor in the United Nations Space for Women program. She joins me on the show today to share her story. Welcome to the show, Dr. Norilmi. How are you? Thank you, Deshran, for having me. I'm fine, thank you. Fantastic. Feeling great. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited to talk to you because um, you're the first aerospace engineer we've had on the show. Um, it's very exciting. It's, it sounds very complex. So let's talk about it. Um, let's start with the basics. Um, what exactly is an aerospace engineer? Tell me about the work that you do. Okay, uh, aerospace, uh, you, you should know what is aerospace first right. before you uh, define who is actually aerospace engineer. Hmm. So aerospace is actually two fields inside there. One for the aeronautical, another one is a space, right. uh, outer space, astronautic we call that. And for me, I'm on the part of the astronauticals, which is focusing on all the machines, all the things that created to be launched and to be orbiting at the space. So as an engineer, you are looking more on the machine side. Uh, you are not really pilot. You are not really something else than that. But you're focusing how to design a spacecraft, how to design the launcher, the rocket and anything that will be launched to the space. Wow. So this is the simplest I can say about aerospace engineer but focusing on the space engineering. Right. So that's very exciting. Now, before we dive deeper into what you do, I want to ask you the, a big picture, perhaps a slightly philosophical question. How do you define success? When you hear the word success, what does it mean to you? I think everybody has their own definition. For me, uh, my success is if I can benefit others. Right. Uh, a, in, in all things, for example, if I am a teacher, if I'm a lecturer, so how actually I can benefit others and change their life. And then when I see the changes of life from my student and I see that, oh, this is, I can taste the success on that. Mm. And if I have a company, I know having a company and when I reach a certain level, which is uh, people knows about our product, we uh, managed to design our product and we're going to launch our satellite. And this is, I think, also a success for me because I know that this product will be benefit others, will change others' life. Even my staff also, when they're working with me, they're working with this satellite company. It will be life-changing for them. Uh, they become somebody else which is uh, expert in certain field. And looking at this, looking people change their life and also... Uh, looking people benefit from what I've done, this is something that I can say that this is success to me. Now, this is very interesting because um, it seems like your idea of success um, is about impacting others rather than, you know, necessarily your own personal um, financial success or, or, you know, your own personal growth. It, it, it's about how you can help and impact other people's lives. I'm wondering, has this always been your idea of success or has it changed over time? I think this is 
from the beginning. Right. I see that, yeah, it, it's something like I love working volunteers as a volunteers, right? And I, I'm in NGO and I, I see that when I give something, my uh, anything that I can give to them, and this is actually impact on the society, impact to the individual, I feel very content with my life. So very content and very satisfied with whatever we have now, actually, this is what we are looking for. Feeling the tranquility, feeling that, oh, I, I'm actually benefit others and I'm actually impact something to others. And this is give a meaning of, of the life for me. Right. Why have you always viewed success this way? I think this is part of the, um, my upbringing oh. uh, since kids. Where I can see my mother also working in NGO. My mother's helping. We live in in I, I can say that in village, oh. and uh, every day we have like uh, we have to talk to each other, and every weekend we have something to do with each other in the village, like gotong royong and other things. Oh. And I can see that my mothers and my my parents giving something to the society. So then I see my sibling also, my my sisters working with NGO, and this actually impact me too and i think that oh you you need to give something and i tried that first and i feel that yeah this is actually i want to be like this i feel content with this so i'm keep continue doing this so that uh, now i feel that i'm doing this and i feel like yes this is what i want that's amazing um why did you decide to become an aerospace engineer why did you decide to embark on this journey okay uh, actually <laughs> It's, it's not by design, I can okay, say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> People want to do something by design, but it's not. Mm. Uh, thank God that I, I got very good marks during my matriculation in University Science Malaysia. Then I have to choose which field that I want to pursue my study. So I have like two things here, which is, do I want to go for the electronics? But uh, I'm, I'm actually choosing all engineering. Right. Uh, okay. <laughs> Why? I think why I, so? love, I love physics, okay. so that's the reason. Uh, that's the reason why I'm go for engineering. Then I have uh, electronics and also aerospace. And during that time, aerospace is not that uh, familiar. It's not that glamorous like nowadays. But the sound is aerospace. You see, aerospace, outer space. Oh, it sounds like wow. Let's go for this. Right. Uh, that's, <laughs> then that's the reason why I choose. And when I started learning about aerospace, I found that, oh, this is so interesting. And what makes more interesting, actually, I've been taught by Russian lecturer, Indonesian wow. lecturer, and only one or two Malaysian lecturer. Right. So you can see we, uh, I was struggling during that time. But at the same time, I learned so many things from others, uh, from different uh, races and also different nations. And so this is thing that very interesting for me. I love challenge and I just pursue with that. Right. So you're someone who loves science, I gather that. Um, there is a stereotype, I'm sure you're aware, that only men are interested in STEM subjects like science and technology and engineering and all these kinds of subjects. Um, as, and especially so when it comes to engineering, right? You hear about how uh, when you go to engineering courses, they are mostly guys, maybe 50 people in the class, there'll be one or two girls, um, like there are one or two ladies. Um, I'm wondering, uh, how did you sort of navigate that? Did, did those things go through your mind um, when you were, you know, deciding to pursue your, uh, you know, your, your, your studies in engineering? Or were you like, no, I like this. What's wrong with that? 
actually uh, in Malaysia, we mm-hmm. can say that uh, during secondary school, during primary school, uh, ladies or women love science more right. than men, right? Right. And we have lots of graduates or lots of students that took uh, science stream instead of the boys right. you can see that's that's different and they went to university they go to university take uh, the science subject the science field become engineer yes i know that uh, lots of scientists uh, are women mm-hmm. but for the engineering there's a certain type of engineering that you can find more women than men right. for example we have chemical engineering if you go to the chemical class chemical engineering class you will see like 80-20. 80 is actually for women, 20 is men. Right. So it depends on the subject itself. But for aerospace, I can see it's like 50-50. Now we can see the increase, the increasing number of uh, girls that takes for aerospace engineering. But I also can say that if you go to the mechanical engineering, more boys. Right. Well, then this is, you have to look why it's happened. And maybe people actually relate mechanical with something that doing with physicals and other things. But but like electronics, uh, chemical, is something like you can do articulately using your intelligence, just not really something heavy. So it's more on the physical side. People look on that. And right. then when they graduated, the university student graduated, why you see not so many engineers there? Right. I think one of the reasons because of the demand of the work itself, when you become an engineer, it's quite demanding for the engineers. There's lots of what you need to do, but women choose women choose to maybe not to stay as an engineer because they have another priority. And this is, we have to see why actually there is uh, women not pursue in engineering field. One, maybe not, they don't have any support on that. So they, they, they have extended hours working as engineer, but nobody looking at their kids. So there's mm-hmm. lots of reasons. And people choose to stay at home rather than working. So lots of reasons. But I can see now uh, we have more engineers uh, working in this sector. So women are increasing but needs supporting from others. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Tell me a little bit about your childhood. Did you love science even as like a primary school and, and secondary school student? Uh, I think during my childhood, I don't realize that I love science. But ah. most of the time, we are doing something related to the science. And I love watch, uh, I think there's one... Uh, it's not really movies uh, like uh, show in the in the TVs, but not not Star Trek. Uh, and but the other show I can't remember the name, but it show that they are working in space, something like that. Right. Then from there, I made my own spaceship using the double decker bag. <laughs> Together, uh, together with that my sister. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah, we always have this role play with, with my sister because I have very a three a two sister that very close to each other. We our uh, age gap is not that big, so we, we we play together. So three of us always play together. Always become a teacher. Always become scientist. Anything that we want, the imagination of that. This is actually encouraged by my mothers. I think mothers actually play a major role to inculcate whatever uh, that 
better uh, benefit to to the, the the kids, right? So my mother is a uh, is a teacher, was a teacher. Mm-hmm. Then he's he think that a uh, play is one of the way to learn. So we play a lot, and from there we build the creativity. We make our own songs, and <laughs> we never been to any uh, singing class, but we love to sing. So this. <laughs> I think I very enjoy my childhood, and this actually affect on when I I'm grow up, and also because we are living in village, we love to explore. We went to orchard and try to catch a fish and everything. So mm-hmm. this also part of uh, to serve our curiosity. So curiosity is very important. That's the reason why I think I love science. Right. Um. You wear many hats. Um. You are a scientist, you are an aerospace engineer, then you also are a academic, you are a lecturer, and you are also a, a, a business owner, you run Space In, you're the founder of Space In. Um, what, uh, what made you perhaps um, want to, let's talk about lecturing first, when you were already pursuing your aerospace engineering and all of that, what made you go, okay, I, I don't just want to do this, I also want to teach people. Why teach? From my mothers, I think right. uh, me, uh, my my sister also actually was a kindergarten teacher before this, and uh, she owned kindergarten. And my mother was a teacher. I think this is like run through your blood, something like that. <laughs> But at the same time, I feel that teaching actually give you more. You learn more when you're teaching, and I love seeing that people when we after we teach a certain subject, and and the student feel like. Oh, I know this, and, and this is part of the satisfaction that I get. And I see that this is the way of my life. Also, mm-hmm. it's not only teaching the class; you can also coaching, mentoring others outside the class. And this is what I've done since I'm teaching in University Science Malaysia. I'm not only teaching the class; I'm also bring student, coach them to be better, to be to do something outside the class. Right. And why did you decide to to start Space In? During the time, I think last three years or four years, uh, we have a student, master student, and my master student actually sponsored to 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 for them to be able to sustain their life in universities in Malaysia. They have to look for other part time work. Right. So I said that. Uh, we already have some of the things that you can do for the services because I did during that time I did for la- uh, launching of high altitude balloon, so I already gave services on that. So I said to them, let's make a company. So they started a company. Three of them started a company named Space in Enterprise. Right. Then from there they start uh, having services to teach uh, for the space education for the IOT teaching. Student and also teaching teachers to use uh, robotics, something like that. But then, uh, University Science Malaysia also uh, have something a new program called Spin Up Startup during pandemic. So I'm thinking that oh, the 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 students will be graduated soon, uh, and I think Space In have potential to be bigger. So let's move to Sundaran Berhad, and I'm actually trying to pitch. Uh, I pitch to University Science Malaysia to have a company. And then uh, all of us decided that I'm going to own that company because uh, I know the net. I have the networking. I know the direction, so it's better for me uh, to own this company. But they also actually part of the co-founder. They have the share before, but uh, some of them actually having another 
responsibilities. They have a work to do. So they decided not to pursue with Space In. Only one of them left and together uh, become our co-founder for Space In. Right. And another reason, I got this question almost every year from my student. <laughs> Doctor, I'm learning about space, making a satellite, hmm. but where should I work? We don't have any in Malaysia. Right. Yeah. So, so where, where do people go? Yeah. <laughs> uh, normally, this is my answer. Okay, you can pursue your study because normally for the space engineer, you need another level, which is master. So, be, you become expert in that uh, space field. Right. Uh, but uh, then I'm thinking that, oh, we can see that we don't have an industry in Malaysia. Who going to start that? <laughs> Let's start this. And remember that my my success is benefit to others. Mm. So, I think this is will benefit to them too. Absolutely. So, that's all, another reason why we have space in. And right. for now, uh, I have at least three students that work for me, with me, together now. And they, they already graduated the full-time permanent staff at Space In. Right. So, out of your three hats, um, your engineer engineering hat, your lecturing hat, and also your business owner hat, which hat do you like to wear the most? I love business because uh-huh. people say that I'm, I am extrovert. Yes, I love meeting people. Okay. I love... Develop building something, building company mm. is nice, but it's challenging and stressful also. I can't say that I love more on business, but I still love in uh, mentoring and coaching students. This is part of my life too. Right. That's the reason why I love uh, working also with my staff because they are almost of, I think most of them is uh, below 30s. Mm. My staff is all below 30s. We have like 10 years gap, but because I've been in university for the for 11 years working with the student. I have that kind of mentality like student now also. <laughs> so we can still, still stay working with them, right. can easily working with them. So for me, uh, mentoring, uh, not only student, also my staff is one of the things that I love most. On the show with me today is Dr. Nurilmi Amelia Ismail. She's an aerospace engineer. After the break, I ask her, what does it take to sustain a career as an aerospace engineer in Malaysia? Keep it here on Redefining Success, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Redefining Success. I'm Dashan Johan, and on the show with me today is Dr. Norilmi Amelia Ismail. She's an aerospace engineer. So, Doctor, you were selected for the UN Space for Women program, um, and you were the only Malaysian selected. What exactly is this program about, and how did the opportunity come about? UN USA, we call that. Mm-hmm. Uh, UN USA program, mentorship program, is actually it's open for the professional to be a mentor, and also they're going to. The program was actually coaching us to be a good mentor, and I because I love mentoring, so this is one of the things that I'm looking for. But at the same time, I'm looking to learn from my mentee, and I got mentee from Malaysia, oh. but now studying in Brazil. From there, I think that we can learn from each other. Uh, we're going to have a meeting, uh, I think tomorrow. So I I am really eager to know what actually she's looking for and what what her plan so what we have to do in this mentoring program we have to help our mentee to achieve their objective 
uh, whatever they want. For example, but it's related to the space field or STEM field. For example, uh, maybe they they want to pursue study in space engineering. So where should they sh- uh, they choose? Which uh, university is the best, or what topic that they should choose? Also, so this we can discuss together, and maybe giving them a different perspective, uh, so that they can make better selection on that, and right. guide them to to achieve all uh, the objective that they already uh, craft for this program. So you're involved in so many different things. You wear so many different hats. What does your day-to-day look like, Doctor? Um, <laughs> you know, how do you manage everything? <laughs> I'm the one that easily to switch off from my business life. Ah, so, <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> so my weekend is my weekend. Mm. Sometimes I just switch off. I do my own things. Nice. Uh, this is very important. You know how when to switch off. Otherwise, you're going to be so exhausted with your life. Wearing uh, so many hats, really, really exhausted. And people say that, are you have any timetable to do this and that? Yeah. No, no, I don't really have that. So you just wing But, it? Uh, you know the priorities. Okay. Uh, you, you should put the priorities, which one should go first. But at the same time, uh, because you have lots of meeting other things, right. uh, this is need to be recorded. I know that before this, I'm not really organized person. But when I'm wearing so many hats, it's actually shaped me to be more organized person. I can right. say that I'm better now. So you see that um, doing so many things doesn't mean that you not really organized. You will do and th- uh, just hang around there doing this and that things, but uh, maybe forgetting something. This actually teach you to be more organized person, to be more open because sometimes you 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 already put priorities for certain things, but something urgent come in that needs your attention. So you have to look for that too. And you need to open for this like ad hoc things. Earlier, you mentioned you came from fairly humble beginnings. Um, you know, you came from a kampong. You talked about you know your your childhood, what you used to do with your sister, and and all of that. Um, I, I'm wondering how did it feel, and and how did your parents feel when you know you're not just a doctor now, but you're also selected to work mm-hmm. with UN, um, the the Space for Women program. Um, how did it feel when when you got uh, to be part of the program? How did your family feel about that? I think they get used with that. Sorry. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. You've achieved so much. Uh, they're like, ah, my daughter, just another day for her. Okay. <laughs> that's no, fantastic, though. Because they, they know that I love challenge, and yeah. they know that when I want something, mm-hmm. uh, I really go for it. Uh, yeah. This is what uh, my mother's always told me. Uh, you have to imagine that you. You want to to have something, so you already you need to imagine that you already have it. So you then you can go for it. Is it same like when I'm sit for an exam? He said she said that. Oh, you just imagine that you got A. I believe that you will get A. <laughs> yes, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to know what does it take to sustain a career as an aerospace um engineer in Malaysia? I think you. Can't stop learning. You should keep on learning because the technology will be become improved, and you get more new technology. And now we go, people go for green technology. So you, can you imagine aerospace in green technology? How actually it become? Right. You, yes, you use 
maybe use biomass uh, fuel. So these actually the things that you need to top up, uh, meaning that you learn something new every day. And also, uh, I can say that uh, to be engineer, you need to be really resilient also, uh, so that uh, you're going to face very tough career as an engineer. Of why, course. Why so? Whoa. Uh, because you are solving things, right? Yeah, and may, you may not find the same thing every day. You find a new thing, especially if you become a researcher. You're going to find a new eureka in the lab. Right. Then you are solving things. Then you need your critical thinking. It's quite exhausted for your mind, but at the same time, it's very satisfying. So that's the reason why when I told. To I talk to my staff, I say that when you do this work, you have to think that this work is actually not benefit only you, you get the salary. But thinking that these devices or product that you're going to produce is actually we change somebody's life. Absolutely. So, yeah, we need that kind of motivation too. It's a very big uh, perspective. It's not really only for you, you and you, but if you're living for others to actually, it's benefit to you back. Absolutely. You brought up salary, so I, I have to ask, you know, when we, when we hear about engineering um, in Malaysia today, we hear a lot of stories about how um, engineering graduates are getting, you know, just 1,800 underpaid, underpaid <laughs> 1,800 ringgit, 2,000 ringgit. And th- these are engineering graduates we are talking about. How is it for, when we look at it uh, specifically to the field that you are doing, um, aerospace engineering, what, what's the market like in Malaysia? Oh, it's supposed that if a spacecraft engineering, the salary is quite high. Mm. But it depends on what type of company. Right. Uh, for me, uh, yes, I can't afford to pay very high salary. But uh, progressively, we, we have to uh, increase the salary right. based on our performance too. Mm-hmm. And you have to remind also your staff that if you, you, you give a very good performance, we can come up with the products and then we can sell that. Of course, we can get more revenues and your salary will be increased. So it's actually whatever we do in this company, very small company, will actually affect your life too. So this is something may not be same if you are working in a very big company. So it's depend. But very big company, the MNC, DLC, they already give you very handsome pace, right? Mm. Uh, but very small uh, company, startup company, you need some motivation and also you need some goals together with your staff. What you are doing is something that actually benefit to others. This thing also can benefit you. So this should be reminded very often to them. Right. What are some of the biggest challenges you face throughout your career? Because you've been doing this for many years now. Um, you're now a mentor, you're a lecturer, um, you have your own business, but all within the field of aerospace engineering, what are some of the biggest challenges you've faced? Uh, I think uh, for okay, uh, to be a lecturer in aerospace engineering, you will keep up with the technology. So that's one thing. And right. also, uh, when you're teaching, you, you don't really have all equipments mm. to help you, to assist you in teaching. Yeah, I face these difficulties when I start teaching in USM. You know that you, you are teaching uh, satellite uh, design, right. spacecraft design. Okay. 
but you don't have any satellite to show to your student. Right. So how so do you do that? So this is so difficult. Yeah. So what I'm, <laughs> what I've done is I bought one very small satellite for educations and use that for the class. And from there, actually, I learned that oh, I can do this. I can make my own educational satellite. So I start doing this together with my student, designing this uh, satellite. Then uh, we use this. This become a product now, actually. Right. And then we use this to teach uh, how to make satellite in the simplest manner in uh, to secondary school. Right. It's not only for university now. It's for secondary school. So you can see that. This is challenging that we are faced. Even uh, the lab, uh, the lab may be not up to date for the engineering because the cost is very high, and also uh, the industry itself. When when your students say that uh, we we don't work in aerospace industry, it's so sad to them because they want to work in the aerospace industry, but this is not that big. You have to strive to get the place in the industry, and this is challenge for me also uh, to convince them to stay in this industry. Maybe you're not working with aerospace, but keep on updating your life with the technology and other things, maybe pursue your study, and maybe you can come back to the industry back. Because for me also, I'm graduated from USM, mm -hmm. aerospace engineering. I'm the third batch of right. aerospace engineering in USM. When I finished my study, I'm, I was actually working in Proton, non-related right. aerospace. Right. Yeah. But then I decided that, oh, let's back to aerospace. Then I uh, applied for the lecturer in USM. Then I got uh, accepted and now I am. That's fantastic. Let's talk about that a little bit. So you graduated as an aerospace engineer. What made you decide, you know, instead of continuing to pursue this, you said, okay, I'm going to sort of pivot and go and work um, with Proton. And then once you're working with Proton, what made you decide maybe this is, you know, not, not what I want to do and I want to go back to aerospace engineering? Talk to me about the evolution of your career there. <laughs> uh, I think during that day uh, when you were in, in 20s, right? Right. Uh, you can't really make a very good decision because mm. it uh, depends on your environment, how, how push you, how, who actually your mentor. But you don't have any. You don't mm. have any person to to guide you, this is good. That's the reason why I become mentor because I, I have been through this situation. Yeah. And during that time, people just think, oh, uh, whatever comes first, you just grab it. Mm. So I'm actually got an offer from Proton before I'm graduate. This is during that time, we have the executive training program for Proton. And I see that, oh, it's coming from Proton. Proton is a big name, right? People want to work with the big name. So, oh, let's go try for it. So, uh, in the first six months, we've been paid for only 1,000 ringgit as a trainee. But I'm still there learning lots of things. So, I found that it's very interesting area. And I've been placed in procurement engineering. Right. Which is something, something that you have to deal with lots of suppliers, talking to them. This is actually very interesting and exciting department for me. But at the same time, I miss things for like mathematics, doing something, science. Oh. Then I think that, oh, and um, during that time, I feel that I want to do something else. I love challenge. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to do in Malaysia. I want to do this outside Malaysia. So I look on the opportunities. This is where, again, uh, I think uh, the youngs need to be guided because they actually can find the opportunities if somebody can direct them. Right. But 
also you can go find your own opportunity. Maybe it will take some time. So I found that when I become a lecturer, they're going to send me to overseas to study. And I can learn more about this. Right. I can learn more about aerospace. So this is something exciting. And I try to apply that I got accepted. So this is how actually I move from Proton to back to aerospace. What is it that kept you going? What drove you to keep pursuing aerospace engineering? Because you talk about how you are creating sort of um, mini satellites and, and uh, stuff so that because you didn't have that, um, you want to give that to your students um, because in Malaysia, we don't have satellites for lecturers to be you know, using that as, as practical examples and things like that. So you came up, studied in an environment where you had even less than what you are giving your students today. Um, and and then, you know, the job market perhaps is, is not that um, vibrant um, in terms of aerospace engineering in Malaysia. So what is it that drove you to keep doing this? People will say that, is this your passion? My passion is not the space, right? the aerospace. My passion back to my success definitions, which is benefit in mm. whatever I'm doing. So I'm in the aerospace field. That's the reason why I'm still in this aerospace field because I see that people still need something maybe from me or from the industry itself uh when i i'm actually when i'm i'm I, i'm teaching this uh, space subject and i met a few people in 19 in 2014 i was selected as a one grantee for international astronomical federation so i got uh, i've been sponsored to toronto and went for very big the biggest conference for space during that time, I saw that uh, lots of space people, they connect with each other, networking, and they can do something in their country. I am trying to find Malaysian there. I couldn't find. I only find Prof. Mazlan there. I'm talking <laughs> to Prof. Mazlan. I think you know the, the, right. our professor astrophysicist. Mm -hmm. Then during that time, I think that, oh, I need to be back because the name of the program is Emerging Space Leader Program. So I'm going to be, to be a space leader. So I need something that motivate me to keep doing these things. And I think that, oh, I need to reach other people who has the same interests with me and try to do something to this space industry in Malaysia. Because during that time, I think in 2019, we launched one satellite named Razaksat. Right. After, after that, sorry, 2019, yes. After that, this very silent era of aerospace, especially on the space. I think because of we know that the failure of the Razaksat, it's not really failure, but it's not working after one year. So people think that a failure, which is not. But during that time, I think that we should do something. We have a few graduates from aerospace want to be in this industry, but the industry was not that. So me and other friends who has the same interest, we met in a conference. We decided to have one NGO named Malaysia Space Initiative and become the first president right. for this info. So we do a lot of awareness, education, giving a chance to other peoples to know more about aerospace and especially on space. And then I think we become influenced also to the ministry because of our, what we have done. But at a certain, uh, I think when we reach a certain uh, years and level there, uh, most of us are so busy. I'm starting doing my company. Uh, but the, the, the NGO is still there. But most of us who founded the NGO are now a success person who involved in this industry that can benefit others too. Right. So I can see that uh, 
why I'm still in this aerospace because I want to give something uh, that is not really exist in Malaysia before and want to create uh, the environment for the student, for other enthusiasts in uh, that love this industry. So we, they can see that space industry will be grow in Malaysia in the future. And has it been growing since, um, you know, when you compare when you were studying compared to right now, um, how much has the industry grown? I think it's grow. I can see like 50% more wow. than whatever we have right. now. Uh, yeah, because I think awareness is already there. Mm-hmm. And you know what? When I'm starting Space In, uh, I'm involved or I participate lots of competition and won the competition. This is kind of promotion too, not only to the public, and but also to the government. And now I'm starting have attention from the agency. You want to work with us. You want, uh, do you need support from us like Maranti and others? And then we can see that we're not only winning this competition, we actually educate and create awareness to others. So this is what we are looking for now. People know about this industry. People know that uh, space is actually important in the life. You use space almost every day. You have Astro, you use space. You have the... Uh, tracker for it to run is uh, using space. So space is part of life. So we just need to give awareness to people about this and become a Space In founder and also having Space In actually. One of my uh, aims is actually to promote space in Malaysia. That's fantastic. Um, I'm wondering, uh, you know, you have accomplished so much um, you have achieved so much. You continue to overcome a lot of challenges, um, so much so that, you know, you, you joke about how, you know, for your parents, it's like, eh, again, <laughs> you know, my daughter. Uh, I'm wondering what else, uh, when you think about the aerospace, uh, what you want to do personally um, in the aerospace um, engineering uh, industry, what do you hope to achieve next? Uh, I'm working with my friends. Uh, this is one uh, company called Upper Dilangit. Right. Upper Dilangit actually uh, a company that uh, give a services for the space education. So they have lots of things related to the space educations. And one of their plan is to have academy for space. Wow. So I'm helping him actually also. Uh, because I'm a teacher, I'm a lecturer, I know how to make a module, I know how to teach. So I'm, I'm sharing with him to how he actually can build this space academy, which this academy will benefit uh, not only for the tertiary level like university student, but we're focusing more on the kids. So kids can have more exposure uh, for this space industry, uh, for the space educations. Then we hope that uh, it's not only... Um, attract them and also um, make them love science and STEM. And we hope that they're going to be a talent for this industry in the future. So having academy is one of the aims now uh, when, and I work together with others. Um, at the start of the show, we talked about your idea of success, which is to impact people, as many people as you possibly can. Um, how do you measure growth? Whether it's personal growth, your career growth, how, how do you measure growth? Do you measure it in the first place? I think if you uh, change from the status quo to something else, uh, you achieve, or maybe it's only a bit, uh, but there is a changes on that. You can also define that success. Uh, 
So I said, doesn't mean that you have to be very successful, very high jump from nothing to something. It's not that. But even a small achievement is a success. So this is where I see the growth actually comes in. Fantastic. Before we wrap this conversation up, Dr. Norilmi, um, there may be listeners, uh, you know, who is listening to this show and and saying, I want to be Dr. Norilmi one day. Maybe they are in high school, maybe they're just starting college. What advice would you give them? I think you need to be persistent and also don't afraid to learn something new. Be brave. I know be brave is something like not so many people can do this but actually this is something you can do only you feel that you can't do just go for it you can say that just go for it right <laughs> uh, so uh yes persistent and try something new this is the things that you can learn a lot of things uh, uh, in your life you you will face a lot of challenge but just persistence yes just keep doing this Thank you so much for speaking with me today, Dr. Nurilmi. All right. Thank you. That was Dr. Nurilmi Amelia Ismail. She's an aerospace engineer. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. You just have to subscribe to Redefining Success. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Redefining Success, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.